Yimio, chapter 46. Chapter 46 begins a series of chapters, up to and including chapter 51, which are the prophecies of Yirmiyahu concerning the nations. Now, the prophecies about the nations is not unique to the book of Yirmiyahu. Yirmiyahu, of course, was told in the first chapter, I have made you a prophet for the nations. So your prophecy is not limited to Israel. And that is true. And we now will study, encounter the prophecies about various nations. But it's not only Yirmiyahu. Yeshayahu, as well, has a section in Isaiah of several chapters devoted to the nations. That's all the way back in Yeshayahu in chapter 14. And it runs for several chapters. Yeshayahu has prophecies as well. Actually, it begins even in Isaiah chapter 13, Masa Bavel. He begins with Bavel, and you have chapter 13 and 14. And for several chapters, you have various prophecies about the nations. Chapter 15 is Moab, and that continues. Damesic is chapter 17, Other, others as well. Egypt, Mitzrayim, chapter 19. And these run all the way through uh, other nations as well. And it goes chapter 21, chapter 22. There are various, chapter 23, all these chapters. And so we already have in the previous book many prophecies about the nations, and the same thing is true of Yechezkel. That the prophet Yechezkel, the next major prophet, also has many prophecies about the nations. In addition to Yeshayahu, Yermia, and Yechezkel, all three big major prophets, we have, for example, in Treosar, of the 12 minor prophets, we have Amos. Prophet Amos, who begins his book with prophecies about various nations, and after he lists the various nations, he comes to Judah, he comes to Israel. Even the prophet Sophania, a less-known prophet, part of the twelve minor prophets, has a section in the middle of his prophecies about the nations. So what's interesting to look at is to see which nations are being spoken of, and which nations take up the most space? For example, if we contrast the prophet Yirmiyahu, our prophet, with the previous book with Yeshayahu, we notice something very interesting, that Yeshayahu begins in a major prophecy about Babylon, Bavel. Yirmiyahu also deals with Bavel. In fact, that's probably his major prophecy concerning the nations. But the prophecy of Yirmiyahu about Babel are chapters 50 and 51, at the end of the prophecies of the nations. And Yeshayahu begins with Babel. And interesting to note as well that Yirmiyahu begins with Egypt. Mitzrayim, which is our chapter, chapter 40, says Mitzrayim, Alchel Paron Necho, Melch Mitzrayim. And in fact, as we'll see in a moment, Yirmiyahu has two different prophecies about Egypt in chapter 46. But Egypt, in the Yeshayahu listing, comes later. Not at the very end, but towards the end. By contrast to these two major prophets, when we turn our attention to the next book of the Bible, which is Yeheskel, we notice something else very interesting, and that is that Yeheskel prophesies about nations, but two nations in particular 
take up most of the space. One is Egypt, and that's not that surprising given the prominent role of Egypt in the Bible and Israel's interaction with Mitzrayim. Not surprising. But the other one, which is very surprising, is the enormous amount of space that Yechezkel dedicates to Tyre, to Tsar. That is very interesting. Perhaps someday if we study Yechezkel, we'll take note of that and try to understand why Tsar occupies such a central place. Now there's actually another interesting distinction between these various prophets. And that is that the prophet Yeshayahu and the prophet Yechezkel and even the prophet Sephania, their prophecies about the nations are in the middle of the book. In Amos, in contradistinction to Amos, where it begins actually with the nations. The first verses of Amos are about Damascus, Damascus. We would call it Aram, the Arameans. The book of Yermiyahu, our book, has the prophecies of the nations at the very end of the book. And actually, there would have been a very good place for prophecies about the nations in the middle of the book, when he lists all the different nations. He has a list of nations, a long list of nations, close to 20 nations, in the middle of the book. And there, that would have been a perfect segue into prophecies about the nations. But no, Yemiel delays till the very end of the book to talk about the nations. And the very last nation, who occupies a prominent place, is Babel. And I believe the reason for that, or one way to understand it, why Babel's at the very end, has to do with the book of Yermio in general. The book of Yermio, as we have seen, is a book about prophecies, most of which, not all, but most of which, are about impending calamity. And furthermore, he has argued, taken a position, in contrast to most other so-called prophets, and in contrast to many of the political leaders, that it is pointless and wrong, therefore, to attempt to rebel, to fight with Babel. Babel is the power in the territory. Babel will control the land of Israel. Babel will control the other nations as well. This is God's will, argues Yirmiyahu. Do not resist them. Make your peace with them, and you will survive and perhaps even prosper. So Yirmiyahu could be accused, and was in fact accused, of being a traitor, of being a pro-Babel person. In fact, when they go down to Egypt, and they first propose going down to Egypt, and Yermio says, don't go, and they say to Yermio a couple of chapters ago, no, you, you want us to stay in the land because you want us to be exiled to Babel. Baruch ben Neri convinced you, incited you against us. So there's always under the, under the surface here a sense that perhaps Yermio is in league with Babel. And therefore it's most appropriate as the book comes to its conclusion, we have two chapters dedicated completely to Babel, and it becomes clear that Yermio is prophesying about Babel's destruction, and not just prophesying about the destruction of Babylon, but actually anticipating and hoping for the destruction of Babel. Now, as far as chapter 46 is concerned, which is about Egypt, the bookends of the prophecies on the nations are Mitzrayim on one hand, Egypt, and Babel on the other. And that's not surprising in the book of Yermio. These are the two major nations that Israel wrestles with 
throughout the book. Egypt in the south, Babel in the north, they are enemies. And at the end of the day, Babel is victorious. Babel defeats Egypt, and Yermio has prophesied in chapter 43-44 that Babel will even come to the land of Egypt and impose damage upon Mitzrayim. And Israel has a deep history with these nations, particularly with Mitzrayim, beginning with the exodus from Egypt. So it's not surprising that Egypt, Mitzrayim, and Babel are the bookends. And actually, if you think about the Torah itself, what's interesting to note is that going to the land of Israel, called the land of Canaan, in the 12th chapter of Breshit, Genesis chapter 12, the story prior to that is about Migdal Babel, the Tower of Babel. And the first story that takes place after Abraham begins his journey to the land is that he goes down to Mitzrayim. So Mitzrayim and Babel are the two places that actually are the envelope to the story of possessing the land. Now in chapter 46, in the prophecy about Mitzrayim, two points are, that are interesting are, first of all, there are two separate prophecies. There's one prophecy in verse number two of Mitzrayim, Al-Chel Paro Necho Melech Mitzrayim, Asher Haya Al-Nahar Prat Bekar Kamish, Asher Ikan Nebuchadnezzar Melech Bavel Bishnat HaRiviit, Hoyakim Ben Yoshio Melech Yehuda. So the first prophecy, the defeat of Egypt, that is describing the defeat of Egypt that takes place in the fourth year of the reign of King Yehoiakim in Karakamish. That is a pivotal moment in the history of the territory, because that's when Bubble ascends. That's when Bubble takes control. So that's the first prophecy. The second prophecy, which is found in verse beginning in verse thirteen, Hadavar Shaya Adiber Hashem O Yirmiyo Hanavi Lavo Nevuchanetzar. Melech Bavel Hakot at Eretz Mitzrayim. That's what we spoke about two, three chapters ago. The prophecy that the Babylonians will even come to Egypt. And in fact, Yirmiyot sets up a, a big rock. This is the place where the Buchanetzer will come, where the Babylonians will come. That's the second prophecy about the destruction of Mitzrayim. Now over here in the destruction of Mitzrayim, in verse 25-26, we have an interesting observation, an interesting piece of prophecy, and that is that after in verse 25, which speaks of God's inflicting punishment on Ammon, Ammon me no, Ammon of no, and on Paro, on Egypt, on Egypt's gods, and on her kings, and then in verse 26, and I will hand them over to those who seek to kill them. But afterwards, she, Egypt, shall be inhabited again as in former days, declares the Lord. So here it's interesting that prophecies of consolation and return are not limited to Israel. The prophecy against Egypt, the powerful prophecies against Egypt, defeat of Egypt ends with a promise of return. Verse number 26, They, Egypt, shall be inhabited again as in former days. 